subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt, Garrett, and some special guests with you today. This is going to be an amazing episode. This is actually take two of an episode that we recorded last year, but we had a technical difficulty. We're hoping for no technical difficulties throughout our recording today. And if you're listening to this, that means we did make it all the way through. But we have with us Jen Gomez, who is a ninja selling coach, and her client, Rachel, whom she helped buy a house in early 2022 when the market was, quote, crazy, right? All of you remember like, oh, multiple offers. This is so tough. We can't find houses. Well, this is an incredible example of how the process works in any market, particularly a market like that. And you're going to get to hear directly from a real estate consumer with Rachel here. So Rachel, Jen, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having us. And Garrett, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. I'm so excited we get to circle back around and and re-record this because Jen got a hold of me last year and she's like, oh my gosh, I had the most amazing story. And she was trying to explain to me why we should do an episode with this. And I was going, okay, Jen, I'm like, you're like a lot of ninjas out there. You use the ninja selling processes. You had good results. That's how it works. Like, And I thought Jen wanted to be on the podcast just herself. And then she's like, no, my client is willing to be on the podcast to explain her experience having been, you know, worked with a ninja. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> she's willing to be on like and share that side of the story because we don't get that very often. I was thinking, and Rachel, this is why I'm so grateful to have you on today is that we don't usually, and most systems out there don't usually get to hear from the actual client which all these systems are made for. Like they're they're made obviously to help a real estate agent be successful in their business and provide the best service and create people that want to say, oh my gosh, everybody needs to use Jen Gomez. But really at the end of the day, nobody ever gets to hear from the consumer that's like going, that worked so well for me. And so when you started sharing this with all of us, we're like, oh my gosh, this is the brilliant side that very few people get to see. So again, I'm really grateful to have you with us today. So we got a lot to start with. And I think we need to start like unpacking this box here because Jen, I probably should start with you here because you were sharing with us before we started recording that this relationship is not a long-term relationship you had with Rachel. You received a referral from somebody else. Rachel came from a referral, as you told me. And Rachel came into your world really as a stranger. You didn't know anything about her. You didn't have a whole lot of notes and background and, and information. And you know, obviously, as you said, these systems help both of you build a relationship fast. I am so excited to hear that story and how that kind of got started. Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, I was introduced to Rachel and her husband, Lou, by an agent who actually one of my former agents that I managed gave my name and information to. And so I didn't even know her person that referred her. So there was like a zero in common. And so that first piece of the buyer process of just background and getting to know each other was so important. And honestly, controlling the process from the very beginning just really became key. I love it. I love it. And so 
Rachel, you obviously got to see it from this side also too, is here, here you have this moment, you have this, I mean, obviously everybody's heard the traditional real estate agent out there and real estate agents, we try to like show up the best we can, but real estate agents don't in general have the best name sometimes out there. So who knows what you thought you were getting into? How did your your kind of energy with Jen start here as, as you got to be introduced to this process of getting to know her? Well, I guess the first experience I had with Jen was an email. She had sent me her contact information, heard you know, a little bit about her and said, this is kind of how I do things. Basically, it wasn't going to be a, we're going to have a one-on-one relationship via internet. You're going to come to my office. We're going to sit down and talk. We're going to you know, figure out what's best for you. And we set up a time and it was like a whirlwind from then. After we figured out a time and day to meet at her office that worked for both my husband and my schedule, because like we said, we're both second shift workers and it doesn't work for everybody. But we went into her office and from the moment she walked in, there was that ease about her. I was like, Okay. I mean, it's it's almost like seeing a doctor for the first time. You know, you either get along with them or you don't. <laughs> and I knew I'm a people person. So I either knew I was going to get along with this woman or I was going to hate her and be back on the streets looking for a new realtor. But she sat down and she took, what was it, Jen? Like two hours that we talked just about my husband and my, and my relationship, how we met, how our marriage took place. I mean, everything about us before we even went into steps about what we were looking for. Yeah, the whole buyer process was two hours. We spent about a half hour getting to know each other first because, again, this was our first time. And we started with an email, again, because everybody's schedule was all over the place. With them working second shift, that was the way that we could communicate was get on the same page through email. But that first half hour, just wanted to get to know them and just understand what made them tick, who they are, so that when we started buying that their their lifestyle was just as at the forefront as what we were about ready to dive into with their criteria for their home. Well, and Jen, what I love about this is here you have a situation where you have a really, really, really fast market. Um, you have a first-time homebuyer coming in, which when you're a first-time homebuyer, Rachel, you can probably contest to this, that there is a an excitement that happens, an urgency of like, ah, we're like, we're gonna be buying a house. So you got this job, you got the excitement of being a first-time home buyer, and you've got this marketplace to slow somebody down and put the two hours into this that you guys were able to put into full-time buyer's process. I mean, it's the whole process. Uh, well done, Jen, for slowing things way down. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there who say, that can't be done in this marketplace. There's no way you can make that happen. Buyers won't do it. And here we have Rachel going like, this felt great. You have to take the time to do it. You have to, because not only did Jen get to know us in that meeting, we got to know her and she got to educate us on the process and how things, you know, what the current market was, how the, how to start our process. Cause we were, I mean, at that point we had looked on all sorts of different realty sites and we had so much overwhelming information that she actually made it make sense to us. I love it. And I remember you saying to me, Rachel, after, as we were saying goodbye, that first meeting, you have no idea how full of anxiety we were on the way here and how that's not the case anymore. I remember you saying that to me and I was like, yes, it brought a tear to my eye. 
Well, this was the great part of like getting to know this from you, Jen, is, is that you see, we start to hear as the story unfolds. And, you know, Rachel, and I first got to talk to you and you're, you're using the word of like, Jen had a process. And I'm like, yes, Jen does have a process. Like, that's so wonderful to hear. I still hear in my sleep. I control the process. You control the decisions. I hear it in my sleep. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. So from here, you, you meet, you go through the buyer's process. And obviously, I mean, now you're out and running. But Rachel, you shared, you heard some horror stories of the marketplace out there. What were you hearing from your people as you were getting ready to be a home buyer? Oh, I was hearing that, you know, people in the market, not even just in my local area, but multiple offers put in, multiple rejections. You know, I there was one lady I was talking to through work when we were discussing it. And she said her daughter who was buying, you know, across states had put in 47 offers at that point and hadn't found anything. And I'm just, I'm preparing for a nightmare because we weren't looking right in our backyard. I mean, we were talking 70 miles away from where we live. It's an hour and a half drive. So I was looking at a very long, very exhausting process. I was almost kind of defeated from the stories that I heard. And then, you know, as we talked with Jen, that's why my anxiety eased because she she put the market into perspective and into reality. And she's like, we're going to go into this with a game plan. I'm going to send you the information and it's going to be yes or no. We're going to make this work. We're going to find you your forever house. I love it. So what was the next steps from here? Obviously, you guys got together. You laid the groundwork of how this was all going to be. As you said, you control the process. Rachel gets to control the decisions. Uh, What were kind of the next steps from here to get her to where she wanted to go? Yeah, well, I do want to say this because I think this might be a step that some people skip. One of the points I want to make in this particular situation is we had two people working second shift with unusual hours. Their weekends were Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We were in a hot market in a price point that was going very quickly. And so before we even got started, we had to come up with a game plan instead of just, okay, I'll send you a search and let me know when you want to see something. So what we did is we talked through before they left, what does this look like logistically on any given day? What is our showing window? And I had an understanding that because of their second shift works, because of the distance of where Lou worked, um, Rachel works from home, Lou worked an hour away from their home at that point, and they were shopping a half hour away from where Lou worked, so an hour and a half away from their oh home base. So we came up with a game plan. I knew exactly the time that would work if they needed to see a house. If when I looked at the hot sheet that morning, something fit their criteria, I would make the appointment. I would text them so that when they woke up, because they woke up later, because they're working second shift, they knew whether or not they had to get ready to get out the door to go see a home. However, if they looked at the photos real quick and they're like, yeah, no, we don't really want to see that one. That was fine. All I had to do was cancel the appointment, but I had the appointment ready to go. And we had a game plan and we talked through if either one of them got to see it, but the other one didn't, would you be comfortable moving forward? If both of you weren't able to see it, but I could, and I was sending you more videos, would you be comfortable writing offer? We talked through all of that before we got started because our timing just, it, it had to be done. We had to have that game plan. Communication is an incredible thing. 
It's such a crucial piece. I mean, having that, those are the questions that so many people leave until the showing arrives. Hey, do you mind if I just go take some videos of this yet? And you'd be comfortable. And that's the stress of it. So Rachel, I have a question for you because this was your first home, right? Or this is your first home. So this is your first time going through this process. So having all those questions up front with setting this game plan in place, how did that make you feel for one? And and the second part of that is, what was your expectation of this? Was this like really surprising for you and, and in a good way compared to what you've heard from other people going through a process? I guess it's kind of twofold. There was the whole meeting with Jen and and understanding what the market looked like at that time, knowing what our, you know, what we were comfortable financially going in with. And I think that's one of the points that Jen didn't bring up is we had a pre-approval from our local credit union, but in the area that we were looking for, Jen actually brought in another financial advisor or another, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes. Another lender because Um, she's more more well-known in the area. But we were pretty comfortable knowing, I mean, my husband and I have been together for almost 15 years now. So we were comfortable with each other looking at homes and saying, okay, yes, this is what we want. Once we got to know Jen a little bit more and knowing her criteria, knowing that she knew, like after those first couple showings and her pointing things out that we would have never even seen from her perspective, I would have been comfortable with her looking at a home for us and saying, all right, this is going to work or, oh, this is not going to work. So I put my trust in her hands. How did that like make you feel throughout the process? I mean, searching for a home in general is stressful, but did this like lower that level for you? Did you have this feeling of comfort? Like if you could put that into like one feeling, what would you say that it is? Elation. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I didn't have to get out of my pajamas and I knew I could house shop if I had to, I was elated. But that is awesome. To be honest, guys, I didn't see the house that we bought until the day we closed. So There's my husband a- did the walkthrough with Jen. I never saw the house until the day we closed. So no, That's okay, the so- trust that I put in them. Now, Rachel, this trust comes in a lot of ways. And I, there's part of the, when I was listening to you and Jen earlier on, before we were recording them, the two pieces of paper came up. And part of, I think, the trust is understanding that the person who's helping you knows who you are, knows your needs, really has the whole picture of what your situation is. And both of you kind of lit up and we talked about the two pieces of paper. So I'm very curious. I'd love to hear this story. Jen, you can jump in if you want to kind of get this kicked off about how this is. And then I'd love to hear Rachel's experience with it. Because I find the two pieces of paper in the buyer's process really helps dig down to get a clear picture of what's really going on and what we're trying to accomplish. Jen, you want to jump in here real quick with the two pieces of paper and how that process worked? Yeah. So, um, you know, I did it as written. I looked at them both and I said, okay, guys, we're going to have some fun. We're going to see exactly how much you guys are alike. (laughs) If you guys are going after the same thing. And I gave them each a piece of paper and strict instructions of, of you don't get to think about the other person. I just want you thinking about if you could wave your magic wand within the budget you know that you guys are sticking to, what does your next house look like? Just start writing everything. And again, please just think about you because I always want that process. To me, that is, you know, if, if there's any person in a relationship just trying to please the other one, 
this is their opportunity to say what they really think and what they really want in the house with no consequence to it. And what that normally looks like is you're in the house that we think is perfect for someone and they're saying no, and we're scratching our head. And, you know, we always hear that term buyers are liars. Well, no, we didn't create the clarity. We didn't give them the space they needed to say exactly what they were looking for and each individual, the opportunity to voice what they really are desiring in their next home. So I just put them to work and said, you know, guys have some fun with this and write it all down. And they were happy to participate in it. And Jen, one thing I love about how you presented that is that don't think about the other person. This is about you because especially in Rachel, I'm so curious to hear your side of this because being married for 15 years. Congratulations on being married for 15 years, by the way. That's well, awesome. We'll be 12 this year. We were together for a few before we got married. So we'll count it. We're counted right now. <laughs> it's part of it. <laughs> with that, with that being said, though, being with somebody for that long, you do start to sit there and say, Oh, but you know, Lou wants this in a house. So I'm going to put that on my list. I know if I was sitting with Sarah, my wife, and we were doing this, she'd be like, Garrett really wants a shop. So she would put that on her list of something that she's thinking and trying to help me out. And really, it's not about her at that point, not about me at that point. That is her list over there. So Rachel, how was that experience for you going through the two pieces of paper? It was an interesting exercise because Lou and I had talked for so many years. I'd lived prior to moving here, guys, I'd lived in my apartment, a 700 square foot apartment for 20 years. So, you know, skies was the limit. I'm like, what do I want in a future home? And we had talked about it for so many years about, you know, our 10 year dream was to be in a home, what we wanted, what, you know, where we wanted. I mean, we didn't even think of living here, but then my husband got his job where he does. So we had already kind of developed some mutual criteria that we were looking for. So when she said, don't think of each other, think of yourselves. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. I want a nice big kitchen. I want a garage. I want at least three bedrooms. I want, you know, and and I was being selfish. I'm like, all right, this is what I want. I don't care what he wants. This is what I want. You know, he (laughs) had things like a fireplace. Fireplace isn't important to me. And then after we had our list, like, you know, we did that whole thing like you do in school where you cover your sheet of paper, like don't cheat, don't look. And, you know, we just kind of giggled about it. And when we were done writing our list, you know, she gave us a little while to do it. She goes, now I want you to put your top three, your one, two, and three. So then that was even more near. I'm like, okay, what is the most important? What's the second most important? And then she took our list and she, she cross compared. She goes, okay, so looking at number one, Rachel wants a ranch style house. And I think what we did degree, we didn't have matched up on like the house style. And she's like, okay, so is this doable or is this an absolute? And we had to determine of our one, two, and three, are these negotiable or are they absolutes? And we came up with the top three absolute for our house. And I think it was, it had to be a ranch style house. It had to have, as Jen called it, a four butt kitchen. And it had, what was the <laughs> other one? It had to have minimum. It had to have two bathrooms. That was a, that was a given. I didn't care if we only had two bedrooms. It had to have two bathrooms. So those were like the top three criteria that we were looking for. I'm stuck on the four butt kitchen. Jen, is yeah. that a technical term you use all the time, or is that that, a- that that is a technical term? Absolutely. You guys right. don't have that in your market. <laughs> I haven't personally used it. The new one to me. I love it. I'll have to talk to my wife to see if that's like an an interior design like um, official terminology or something. You, you should see my property write ups. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So, so obviously we're, we're continuing down through this process now. And so as I'm hearing from you, Rachel, Jen's got a real clear understanding, but it sounds like going through this process, you and Lou got a real clear understanding also of what your next house was going to be. Yes. That's what incredible. was it like going through the whys behind those, those things? So you write down all this stuff, Rachel, and you're being selfish. You're like, I want the four butt kitchen. I want these things. And, and so then Jen turns and asks you, so tell me why this, right? As you're starring the three things you can't live without. Did, did that bring a different level of clarity as to like two bath you like it has to have two bathrooms like the why behind that did that help change or provide clarity on what the criteria is really going to be for this search i think it it did provide a little bit more clarity because of the fact that you know we were living in a two bedrooms like i said 700 square foot apartment my husband and i could not like i couldn't be cooking in the kitchen and him get to the refrigerator to grab a drink if he wanted to because it was a very tiny galley kitchen. So when she came on with the whole four butt term, I was like, well, that makes sense. But then, you know, throughout the years, my work situation changed, whereas I now work from home. So I need it because I'm in the medical field. I have to have that individual room that is mine or mine. Nobody can go in it. That's my room because I have medical information in there. I had to be able to be wired into the, to the internet there was just different criteria that we knew at that point that we had to have, but she, she made it an easier process to narrow down what we wanted to look at and what we didn't. And I would say that like really during that process, what ended up happening is because we had them in a, in a conference room, all of those details that they didn't think about the lifestyle piece of it, that the office has to be a closed off separate space because of HIPAA laws and all of those things that that clarity came at the conference room table instead of while we're also confused in the middle of looking at the house. This, this going slow for the buyer process was so critical and it gave them the opportunity to talk about the daily living in their house and what really, instead of just three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, like let's really think about because of course, before the two sheets of paper exercise, we had done the funnel process and we had talked about that this was a process of elimination. And this is how we were clarifying, guys, we're gonna eliminate, we're not going to look at anything that doesn't have your must have criteria, which is why this piece of the process is so important because we're not even going to look at something that doesn't work for your daily life. Well, and from a distance, that's gotta seem like a lifesaver to have somebody say, we don't need to go look at everything. Like we've got a process that's narrowed this down where we're going to eliminate the majority of these properties. So we're only looking at the ones that really fit your needs. Rachel, I mean, from what, an hour away, that's got to feel like a lifesaver. It is. It showed me, you know, when she said she was going to weed out the stuff that we wouldn't need to look at, it gave me that comfort and that feeling that she values my time as much as I value hers. And I knew that she wasn't just out there to get her commission. She was going to help us find what we needed, where we needed it. So now I'm curious to jump ahead here to this, the process of actually finding a house, because how many homes did you really look at in total? What did we look at, Jen? About six, five, six? Yeah, six or seven. There was one day we actually were able to see two, which was odd in that market. <laughs> Very. <laughs> um, Very. Yeah, I think it was five. And they they got the house that they live in now. It was their third offer. 
However, one of the offers doesn't really count because it was a messed up situation. We're not going to get into that situation, but (laughs) (laughs) all kinds of chaos that was happening during that time. And so, yeah, they had, and as first time home buyers going in strong every single time, but in a competing market entry level, you know, again, everybody's looking for that dollar amount and, you know, cream puff properties. And they were smack in the middle of that competition. So I think those ones fell through because this house was destined. It's not only did Jen send us the link the night before and said, Hey guys, this goes on the market tomorrow. Do you want to take a look at it? It was like, all right, I'll go take a look at it before work. As he's sitting out front, one of his coworkers texts him and said, Hey, my buddy's putting his house up on the market today. Do you want to get the information? And he's like, sure. Send me the address. And he was going to give it to Jen when he saw her. So he sends him the address. And it just so happened it's the address my husband was sitting in front of at that moment. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> wow. So it was like kismet. So now, now you're in the position of we find a house. Now we need to write an offer. And I remember both of you talking about that comfort level of having all the information. To, and especially as our first time home buyer, there's a lot of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? What are we getting into? Is this the right decision? And Jen, I remember you talking about how being able to show and you use Focus First, and I know you're a, a true subscriber to Focus First, but being able to show the the information, the scattergrams, the documents to help her feel like this is the right decision for her. First, Jen, what did you show to help her see the marketplace? Yeah, so, um, and actually Lou was the one that was with me. Um, Rachel wasn't there with us at the time. So just a little backstory is, is they were in a position, not a full cash position to be able to bridge a full appraisal, like in order to waive an appraisal contingency. And I know all of our listeners understand what I'm talking about, but needed to go in strong. And so in looking at the property, every time I have a buyer writing an offer, I always run the property through focus first as if I, if I were to list the property today, where would I have put it? And what am I seeing as to where it is value-wise? And not only did I look at it, I had my husband, Art, look at it, who is sales and support for focus first. And I was like, am I seeing this right? Like, according to what I'm seeing, this house is like nearly $50,000 under what it should have been listed at. Like, if we were going to list this property, this is where I would have put it. And he's like, no, you did it right. And I was like, okay, because I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. So I was able to show Lou, I was able to say, I think you guys, this is where you need to go in to win. And in my opinion, I do think that offer would blow it out of the water. And I have all of the information I need to support an appraisal where I don't even think you're bringing any additional money to the table. You'll have no problem on the loan side of it. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Here's the information I'm giving my recommendation from. I'm just showing you what I'm seeing. Take a look at it and see if you agree with what I'm presenting to you. And he did. and, And he was like, yeah, it makes sense to me. And so they they were able to go in really high. And in the price point they were shopping in, 50 grand over is significant for, I, I think it was listed for something like 275 and they went in at 325 and with no appraisal contingency because we were that confident wow. that there would be no issues. But it was having that tool to show absolute clarity and doing a little research you know, asking around in that community, finding out that this this agent was somebody who typically priced low. 
to create competition. And that time of year too, a lot of people were doing, a lot of agents were doing just that. They're like, Hey, let's, let's bring on the feeding frenzy. Let's bring on the multiple offers and see how high we can, maybe 50, 75, $100,000 over asking, or, you know, get the initial offers and then bid them all against each other. Right. And here okay. you come in with the knowledge to go in strong. Rachel, have being, being in your position where Jen and Lou had talked about this and you're like, I'm about to sign this offer <laughs> and it's going to be 50,000 over the list price. I haven't seen the house, but knowing that Jen and Lou went through that information together in person, and I'm sure you took a look at it as well. Like, how do make you feel just writing that kind of offer? Again, it comes down to trust. I trusted my husband. I trusted Jen. I mean, I had seen pictures. I had seen, you know, what the house looked like. I'd seen the specs. It kind of checked all the boxes and then some for us. And I went with my gut. I always go with my gut. And at that point, it was right. At that point, after signing those papers and sending them back to Jen, it was a waiting game. And that was probably the hardest part of the entire thing. Yeah. The waiting for the response. I think, you know, going with your gut too, you know, Jen, I got to give you credit for setting up this process because I think we all know when we have those gut feelings to do something. But if if you don't have this comfortable process set up, if we're not, if there's not clarity, that gut feeling isn't there, right? Like we need to have full clarity. If there's any confusion, the gut feeling is, I don't know, maybe, but I'm not sure. Whereas Rachel, it sounds like you like you had you knew that this is what we needed to do. And well, the proof is you're sitting in the house now today, um, <laughs> almost, you know, almost a year later at this point, nine months after, right? Yeah. I think what made me comfortable to coming in at $50,000 over what they were asking was knowing what Jen and I had looked at in person myself with her, knowing what my husband and I had looked at, comparing it to what's in the area. So her educating me on the process itself. And there was never a day that she didn't, bring something to the table that added to my knowledge of going into this decision comfortably. So I have to give, I mean, hands off to her because without her expertise and without her knowledge, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Well, and the, and the beauty of this, and this is why Rachel, we wanted to have you on today is, is that what you were able to experience is you know, what we teach in this, in this <laughs> bigger picture called Ninja that we, uh, we all work under is that you know you got to see what was called the buyer's process and you got to go through the buyer's process step by step and Jen kudos to you for following the process in a stressful situation in a stressful market for a high stakes first time home buyer moving from a 700 square foot Rachel you said 20 years you'd lived there for 20 years moving from an environment she was so comfortable with but knew that she had like needed to move along from to this whole nother stage in life like there's a lot of high energy around this and to take that all tone it all down we talk about it in the installation as the step down transformer and this is like one of those prime areas that we get to be a step down transformer for people because again all these areas have the ability of blowing up the confusion, the uncertainty, the the nervousness around all these parts. And when we can tone the volume down on all of them, what we end up with is, is a successful buyer Then not only with just being a successful buyer is sitting here now talking to us about how amazing the process was. Is there anything I'm looking at, um, anything else that we want to put on here? I know, Jen, you'd also talked about the funnel process. And I'd love to be able to dive into that just a little bit, uh, just so we can kind of 
add more pieces to the puzzle here. Yeah. So I do want to talk about that because uh, Rachel and Lou were so adorable after we talked through the funnel process and like truly, gosh, if we could have created like a process that it was textbook, like truly without even realizing it, their transaction was textbook, exactly everything we teach. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I want everybody to know that we did the process in order. Like I, I did do the funnel process before I did the two sheets of paper exercise. And um, in the funnel process, the way that I handle the funnel process is I talk about all the different ways. I do explain to them that it is a process of elimination, not a process of selection, and that we're putting into the funnel all the different ways we can find a house, the MLS, new construction, uh, word of mouth. If I have to do a direct marketing campaign, the fifth one, oh, for sale by owner. But in that process, I always explain to them, guys, I want to be able to leave no stone left unturned for you. And that addresses the fear of missing out of something, right? We always want to keep those four greatest fears in the back of our mind because that's what the process gets through. And so I talk about all the ways we can find a house. And then I explain to them that without a buyer's agency, I literally can only represent you on one of those five ways of finding a house. And that's the MLS. I automatically have the authority. But in order for me to come alongside of you on all these other options and that we just don't even miss a beat, I want to have what's called a buyer's agency in place so that I can get in front of advocating for you and so that I can help answer questions you don't even know that you have. If I don't have agency, I can respond to the questions you ask but I can't get in front of the information you don't know you don't know. Sidebar, I'm a stickler for our contracts. So that is true agency. <laughs> I do not act in agency unless I have agency. And when I do buyer's agency, I do set my commission and I put it out there. My fee for service for providing all of this information and this guidance and getting you to the finish line I put my fee for service out there and it is what it is, no matter what the seller is offering. And so then I explained it to both of them. And these are first time home buyers who saved and saved and saved for their down payment. No offense, Rachel, that doesn't change my way of doing business. It is what it is in order for me to represent you. You know, let's be real. This is the way realtors make their, that's how they make a living. And so my commission is this to represent a buyer. And should you enter into a buyer's agency with me, what that means is if the seller is not compensating the full dollar amount, then the rest of that fee gets added to your closing cost at closing. But then I always add, I'll let you know if that's the case. But the most important thing is that you're finding the house but I just need you to know that this is the situation should you find your house and it's a for sale by owner. Because the time to have that discussion is not when they're falling in love with the house. And now all of a sudden as an agent, we're like, oh crap, I have no commission here. Now I've got to talk to them. They're falling in love with the house. And now I've got to talk to them about, hi, I also need to get paid here and the seller's not knowing this place. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I think it's so important that we explain the rules of the game, the entire rule book of the game, including our commission up front so that there's nothing that is a surprise in the buyer process, which is why I take so long with the buyer process. Like there, there is no surprises. 
once we're through all of that, now let's just go have some fun. Let's go look for our house and let's get you in your next home. But Rachel was always so cute. Rachel and Lou were always so cute because they would see a house and they'd be like, now, is there any money that we need to bring to the table on that? They were asking me all the time, making sure that I was getting paid. So I don't know if Rachel, if you want to add anything about that. No, it was more of, you know, we, we knew financially what we were looking at putting out of pocket because you still want to have that. And it turned out we needed quite a bit of that savings at that point to, you know, buy furniture, to move. I mean, obviously if we're going from a two bedroom house to what is a four bedroom house, we need furniture. We, I did not, I knew from moving into my apartment, there was no way on God's green earth. I was even going to attempt to find people to help me move. So I wanted to hire movers, you know, you're kind of, it's like a good budget. If you know your numbers and you can put it into your budget, that's how you want to go into the situation. And Jen was very upfront. And, you know, we, we talked about everything from, you know, Hey, if they, cause even there were a couple of offers we put in and she said, now, is this your best foot forward? Are you sure you might not get it at this, but if you put it at this, do you want to increase that? And we would talk about it and you know, sometimes we said yes. And sometimes we said no, but we were always very upfront and black and white about what kind of money we wanted to take out of pocket from the purchase. So what I'm hearing here over and over and over again is the communication, Jen, that you brought to the table with going through this process, you know, eliminating conversations that, that might come up later by what a lot of agents do is not having the difficult conversations up front they come skip over them. And then all of a sudden when it becomes a problem, then they're like, oh, we need to discuss this. You took all that off the table. You created this really clean playing field for this game that was about to happen so that no matter what happened on the field, there was a plan already in place for what was going to come up. And in the marketplace that we've just been in, that is the best way you can go at it. There's a lot of realtors out there. You know who you are. That were like, we just got to get you in the car. We got to get you out there. And they're like, oh, this is frustrating. My buyers are mad at me. We're not able to get any deals accepted. This is a nightmare type of marketplace. And we, we've we said it so many times, Matt, just follow the process, slow down. And this is such a beautiful example of that. It really is. And, and this, I want people to remember too, this happened during a time where agents were scrambling to get buyers out to see properties, right? This was a time in the marketplace, oh, pretty much nationwide, where we had people saying, I don't have time to sit down and do a buyer consultation. And we would always say, well, you don't not have time when things are moving this fast to sit down and have a buyer's consultation. And that's exactly what Jen, you did with Rachel and Lou. And and it worked. It worked yeah. so incredibly well. And, and it's And what I love about going through this story with both of you is, I'm not surprised by anything, right? I mean, and I think that's because we we've been around Ninja for a long time and have experienced what this process can do. It's crazy to me, and I'm thinking back in my head. This is a surprising story for the industry, and it shouldn't be, right? Because this can happen with anyone in any market. If you slow down, then you can go fast and and write a offer that just takes a property off the map and says, "Hey, this this is our house now." And that's exactly what ended up happening here, which is fantastic. And I just want to say from sit down of the initial consultation, first off, even that was we were communicating by email and it was 10 days before we could get our calendars to align, right? So, and I didn't put them on a drip. 
before that. I did not want to send them properties. I did not want to do anything until we had a chance to sit down. But then once we met, it was about five weeks later in a hot market in the entry price point where there was a lot of competition that they were under contract. And then just because of the seller need that was a 60-day closing, but they were under contract on their way in what they thought was going to be months and months and months of shopping. Oh, and sidebar, this was during $5 a gallon gas prices. So our time and our resources was valuable when they were driving an hour and a half to see a house. It's still $5 a gallon. You know that, right? Just come to well, California. Okay. I, will, I, will find you, <laughs> I will find you $5 a gallon gas in a quarter mile. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Rachel and I are in Wisconsin. So $5 a gallon was ridiculous in Wisconsin. I know that it's coupon prices in California. <laughs> yeah, we're at like, what, three forty something now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Rachel, Rachel, is there anything that you want to add that we missed? This has been such a great conversation. I'm so happy we got a chance to spend this time. Is there anything that we've missed that you want to add in? You know... If being here today and having this conversation with you guys helps even just one agent or one seller, I'm glad to have been here. It's like we say at at work, the process that we went through to get to where we're at today should be the rule, not the exception. So if every agent were to go into this the same way that Jen has, and I'll be honest, I told her the other day when we were texting back and forth about doing this again, I said, every time I talk to somebody, you know, every person that walks into our house that hasn't seen it yet, they're like, Wow. I said, they're like, how did, where, how, when, who? And <laughs> I take them from start to finish. I said, you, you have to understand, we had the most phenomenal realtor. I said, she was just hands down phenomenal. I said, she is extended family now. She can come sit at our dinner table at Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, she's still inviting herself over to use my bathtub, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, it's good that you have rules. <laughs> it's good that you guys have defined rules in your relationship. That's. <laughs> she told me at closing, she said, "Don't be surprised if you don't wake up one morning and I'm in the bathtub." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and I'm telling you, for a first-time home, they ended up blowing it out of the park, and that price point, I. Truly jealous. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate all of you. I'm gonna we're gonna put a bow on this episode. What a great story to be able to share and all these pieces that we were able to put together here. If any of you got the joy and treat of listening to Matt have a pause and then who go into hyperdrive speed, warp speed talking, I really hope it comes through on the recording because it really is fun <laughs> to listen to. With that being said, um, you know, obviously we didn't do the normal intro that we typically do sometimes coming into this. And I just want to say, if you want to learn more about ninja selling, if you have no idea what we're talking about, the 10 step buyers process and all these pieces, the funnel and whatnot, and how to create raving fans. Like we have Rachel sitting here in front of us, go check out ninjaselling.com. If you want to learn about our coaching program, Jen Gomez, who's listening, who's with us right now is a certified ninja coach. Matt's a certified master coach. I'm a coach. And we would love to talk to you about that also. And we can help you be able to have these types of results in your business and with your buyers. So to all of you, Rachel, thank you. Jen, thank you. Matt, as always, thank you. And um, we just appreciate y'all. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.